Everybody has experienced frustration. They feel frustrated, they frustrated somebody else, somebody frustrates them, etc., etc., and on and on. But have you really ever thought about what causes frustration in general? And do we have to go through all the agonies to get over this frustration? In this episode, Dr. Kashi gives insights into the principles of resolving frustration and notes that rigid absoluteness aggravates frustrations to the point of making them horrible, terrible, awful until you catch a case of the I can't stand it-itis. Roll the intro! Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Cashy. I am your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. Now, lots of stuff covering in this lesson, continuing on. Hey, today's lesson is a good standalone, though, of course, but it still whole builds on the previous lesson uh, when you make changes and they have trouble with it, right? This is when the things are, this lesson is for when things are already kind of escalated and or the rational and constructive but more straightforward approach to frustration resolution falls short and you know you call TKN's hotline because as a private client you can do that and they go beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, psh, yo Dr. Cashy making all these amazing changes to my food to my eating and how I feel in my body and everything's going great and my results are amazing and I feel like everyone is still like freaking out man what do I do well, Dr. Cash has got your back again, because that's what he do, <laughs> okay? This lesson when, is when you make changes and they have a lot of trouble <laughs> with it, <laughs> okay? This is how to break it down further to get at and resolve their demands on you so that they stop getting so dang offended at you changing for the better, for Pete's sake. That, that's a good reminder, though. Throw down a hashtag blowout. If somebody's ever blown up at you because they were just slightly frustrated, but with enough brooding and passive aggression, you can do anything. <laughs> and it all built up until they just couldn't stand it anymore and then chose to act like a mumpsimus maximus and make everything a disaster. So here's what you're learning. Okay, ultra quick review of SRO and interpersonal SRO and the my why try method. The the simpler, rationally constructive way you can get through like 95 out of 100 things, okay? And then what's going on exactly if talking it out turns to slugging it out? And then how do you science-mindedness to change the rigid and absolute demands into flexible and rational preferences? The rigid and absolute demands on the relationship into, rigid, into a flexible and rational preferences in the relationship, okay? okay with, with enough, like I said, brooding and passive aggression, you can do just about anything. So here's a quick review of SRO. My button's in the right place. All right. Here we go. You have a frustrating stimulus at S. Mind frame here. Perfect. A frustrating stimulus at S. You give yourself permission. You give yourself permission to act silly and then build up the determination to act silly in the space between stimulus and response. And that fosters an impulsive and sabotaging response at R. If you have a positive outlook, even with negative results, then you learn from the result and you do better next time and have a constructive outcome at O. If you have a negative outlook, even on positive results, then you create a destructive outcome at O, making you more sensitive to frustration 
while also becoming a with with the outcome also becoming a frustrating stimulus on its own, starting the process over. Okay, and of course, any rigid and absolute and impulsive uh, dogmatic beliefs they end up sensitizing and referencing all of these things. Okay, that's kind of the point. That's kind of what determines whether or not you find the outcome constructive or destructive and then re-stimulating yourself. So this builds into the interpersonal interactions via SRO. Whoops. This guy here. So it is abundantly clear, as you've experienced, other people, other people, they may interpret your outcome independent of how you interpret your outcome, which means your outcome at O might be a frustrating stimulus for them at S because they might think the result or the outcome of what you are doing ends up conflicting with what they want and then that gets their SRO cycle started. So they get, they get frustrated by something you do and then that causes them to act a fool. And when they act a fool, something silly happens. And when something silly happens, it ends up ticking you off. And then relationship dysfunction ends up starting and then the self-perpetuating SRO cycle now happens between people at the same time, it's craziness. So where's this going? Okay, see where the, I mean, you see where this is going here? Oh, here, the resolution to this immediately with two sane people is Dr. Cashy's my why try method, okay? Again, other people can and definitely do interpret your outcomes as frustrating to them, even if they're constructive to you. So assuming you care about interacting with this person, what do you do? You use your science mindedness, okay? You take a closer look. <laughs> you take a closer look. You form a hypothesis, okay? Then you, you, you have evidence supporting the hypothesis, and then you have experiments to validate, okay? So, in other words, two rational and constructive people can resolve any minor frustration with the other person quickly and easily using the my why try method, okay? My issue is X, the hypothesis. This is my issue, okay? Here's why X is an issue. Here's the evidence I have supporting the hypothesis. I prefer you try these things instead. Experiments, plural, to validate hypothesis. So if you try these things and then my issue goes away, then these things you were doing were the cause of my issue. Aha, all right, see how this is built in scientific mindedness. Again, it's better if you have a short list of alternatives instead of a single alternative, or worse, in many cases, with two grumpy, impulsive people, there's no alternative, they're just like, cut that crap out, don't do that anymore, which is like super not helpful, man, okay? It makes it easier to collaborate on a win-win resolution rather than, rather than if you have a lot of options, rather than just potentiating resistance from the other person and thus creating more frustration, <laughs> right? So the my why try method really readily clears up any confusion or communication breakdowns, giving you both a better sense of direction. Use this as a way to resolve mutual frustrations. Y'all are frustrated at each other at the same time and you both know it. You could use it as an assertion tool for somebody you're frustrated with where something is bugging you. You can use this and bring it up to them as a way to be assertive and rational and constructive. And three, you can use it as a clarifying tool for someone that maybe you could tell they're upset with you, but they're kind of sitting back and, and brooding. Okay, you can use this as a tool to help bring it out of them, possibly as a short conversation, right? Which could be, hey, why don't you tell me what your issue is? State your hypothesis. Help me to understand why it's an issue for you. What's your evidence to support the hypothesis? And then tell me what exactly you'd prefer I try instead. Experiments to validate the hypothesis, right? So it can go both directions, right? If after a short exchange, a few moments even, the frustration persists, then this is either one, a more complex frustration, or much more likely, much more likely, to a simple frustration that seems complex, 
Because, you know, simple frustrations seem complex because the belief system that causes this complexity puts a minor frustration through five internal transformations. It's pretty cool. Back to the iPad here, five internal transformations, which we can describe here. Is this, hey, turn on fool. Excellent. All right. See, I'm already negatively labeling. We'll get into that in a second. <laughs> okay. The first step, the first transformation is when things become personalized, they might become confused or frustrated, uh, confused or concerned why you're acting the way you're acting. And this essentially acts as a frustrating stimulus for them. Eventually this becomes magnified where they are frustrated at their frustration, which then generates sabotaging thinking. Okay. We'll explain this more in a little bit. Okay. And then after that, after the sabotaging thinking starts, well, then the brooding begins. Then the brooding begins. The negative, so you have negative thoughts here, and the negative thinking and feeling. Whoops. I'll leave that here. Beep. Excuse me. So the negative thinking starts, and then the negative thinking feeling starts. <laughs> the thinking and feeling starts here. The justifications of the negative thinking, the negative feelings, right? Then the brooding begins. The negative thinking and feeling, right? That is where things get worse. You make the frustration even worse because you amplify the negative feeling. So first you amplify the frustration, then you get that negative feeling, then you amplify the negative feeling, and then you end up developing the can't-stand-it-itis. You end up developing the can't-stand-it-itis, and this negative feeling and urges end up building. This negativity ends up creating determination to start doing some dumb stuff. And then eventually, step five, the fifth transformation, where the internal goes to external, you blow out, right? And then you, you obviously disasterify, <laughs> creating a destructive and sabotaging response, which you also turn into something worse than it really is. So it's time to flesh this out. Let's flesh this out. So you personalize here at stimulus. So you do something that they interpret as a personal attack. Why? Because they're harboring a rigid and absolute belief, which you'll learn about in a little bit, okay? If they're harboring a rigid and absolute belief about your relationship, then anything you do is going to be insulting to them if it goes against what they think they want. So. You're obviously doing this to me on purpose. Stimulated, frustrating stimulus. And that becomes magnified here, at here, okay? You're obviously doing this to me on purpose because you're mad at me, you hate me, or you're done with me, all right? And then this is your magnification, right? And then you start brooding over it. You start brooding over it here, essentially. If this keeps happening, even though I'm being quiet or vague about it, then it proves you're more mad at me and keep getting mad at me and you make me sad. It proves you hate me more and keep hating me and you make me hurt. It proves you're definitely done with me and you make me anxious or scared, okay? And when you start feeling like that, it becomes easier and easier to get impulsive and silly urges to do things, okay? When you brood or they brood sufficiently enough to prove, right, this distorted outlook, <laughs> when you brood enough to prove the distorted outlook, then, then, then they get a case of the can't stand itis. They get a case of the can't stand itis and they start labeling you, okay? They start labeling you. You keep treating me like this on purpose to hurt me on purpose and I can't stand it. And that means you're a meanie head, a nincompoop, a floop-de-doo, or a wing-ding. And now, 
Everything you do is because you're a proven meanie head, nincompoop, floop de doo or wingding. And that means every time you do something that stimulates me, it just proves it even more because you're already like that. Now, now it's just getting conditioned that you're like that. I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to do something about this. <laughs> the urge builds, okay? And then they finally choose to cash in on their pent-up urges at the blowout where they may act like a total mumpsimus maximus here at R the response, which they will obviously artificially disasterify as they indubitably do. Indubitably. <laughs> okay, so what's the overview here? This, excellent. So what's the overview here? Brooding further intensifies how personal it feels, which further magnifies how frustrating it is. Oh yeah, since they're stewing on it instead of doing something about it, you continue doing the frustrating thing until they have a strong urge and impulsive and sabotaging outburst and then blame you for acting that way. Because logic, <laughs> because logic, exactly. The reason why this process is important for interpersonal interaction is that even though minor frustration starts as slightly distorted but still reasonable, like I prefer you get ice cream with me because I feel, because I feel liked, and feeling liked boosts my self-esteem. If the frustrating stimuli at S recurs, it becomes a fully distorted demand. Like, you must get ice cream with me or else you're being mean and hurting me on purpose. And then eventually it morphs into a full-blown absurdity. Like, we never do anything together. This relationship is stupid. Go to heck, you nincompoop. Right? I'm sure nobody has ever had any blowouts like this in their lives. Like, ever. They've never done it. They've never experienced it. Nuh uh. Not even if there was a fire. It's time you learned about how these things progress with the SRO model in mind so that you can resolve more complex frustrations or simple magnified frustrations, which means you cultivate fulfillment in any of the relationships you care to maintain. Okay? One, there's a rigid and absolute demand on themselves or you to act in ways that benefit them or, or the relationship as a whole, right? Or else. Or else I'll take some things, a lot of things, or everything way too personally, and then everything you do is an attack on me. Tells me you think I'm a bad person, or that you're disconnecting from the relationship. Oy. Because one of us or both of us is indubitably falling short of these rigid and absolute demands, it fosters the repetition of negative labeling, you know, or name calling as it were. You're being a meanie head, or you're being silly, or whatever the case may be. And this negative labeling makes everything feel even more personal and therefore more frustrating. And this negative labeling can be internal, where like maybe they label themselves like you're acting this way because I'm a floop de do, or it can be external like you are doing these things because you're a floop de do. A lot of times, needier people they end up labeling themselves as bad as a reason why you are doing things, right? So if, if you are doing something, a lot of times people will take that on as there's something wrong with me, and that negative label will go on to them. If that makes sense, right? Well, now we're back to the pad. Okay, now, excellent, boop, cool. Rigid absolutisms are the basis of, of almost every chronic and escalating frustration. Many frustrations or tiny frustrations and then over time they turn into demons that possess the relationship and then often tear it apart. They all fall into three categories and therefore you can explain them generally in this way. It's you, me, or the universe, essentially, okay? This, excellent, okay. They must treat me how I expect to be treated or else negative feeling and therefore disaster, which makes me jackass behavior. Okay, that's essentially the template, 
right? And then this jackass behavior frustrates you, erodes your relationship with me, which then proves and therefore strengthens my demand that must, you must treat me better. Or else, or else, negative feeling, disaster, jackass behavior. You get the idea, okay? Then the next one is, they must feel 100% positive towards me. So one is you treat me a specific way, and the other one is you feel a specific way about me 100% of the time, or else, negative feeling, <laughs> therefore disaster, which makes me jackass behavior. <laughs> and then this jackass behavior frustrates me, erodes my relationship with you, which then only proves and strengthens my demand that I must have your 100% positivity and approval toward me at all times, or else, Negative feeling, disaster, jackass behavior, okay? And then the last one is the relationship as a whole, right? My relationship must be all unicorns and all rainbows and all the time and all hassles, which there must not be because they're absolute worst thing in the entire world. They must be solved quickly, easily, and automatically or else negative feeling, therefore disaster, which makes me jackass behavior. <laughs> And this jackass behavior frustrates you and frustrates me, erodes both sides of the relationship at once, which then only proves my relationship must be all unicorns and rainbows all the time, or else, negative feeling, therefore disaster, makes me jackass behavior, <laughs> okay? <laughs> you do this, you get rid of it, you find out which one it is. It's either you, me, or demands on the entire relationship, figure out which one of those things it is, and then you challenge it rationally and constructively with scientific mindedness and replace it with a reasonable preference using this, the detect, discriminate, and debate, okay? Here it is. So you detect the rigid absolutism, you discriminate its function, and then you debate the utility. Right? So basically, that first part we just went over, that was the detection part. Right? Does it exist? And then, then what function does it serve? And then do you want to keep it around? Okay? So the first step is to, is this belief that I am holding, this rigid absolutism, is it true, valid, and verifiable? If so, what is the proof to support that? Hmm? And then what does, what, does this, what does this rigid absolutism cause me to think? And then what do those thoughts cause me to feel? And then what do those feelings, what urges do those feelings give me, huh? <laughs> and then are these constructive or destructive urges? So then we're back up to here, right? Then you're answering all of these questions. You're answering this. This is what's happening. You're answering that, the space between. This is covering the space between stimulus and response, okay? And then the third question is, does this, be does this belief create more frustration or does it create more value? Hmm. And is it better to keep it around or to scrap it? And what are my reasons for that? And then last and possibly most important is what is a more rational and constructive belief instead? What am I going to replace this with? And then once you've replaced your rigid absolutism or they've replaced their rigid absolutism or you've collaborated with each other to replace the rigid absolutisms with more rational and constructive beliefs, then you go back to the my why try. Now that you've changed your belief, with the context of the changed belief, you could say, okay, what is my issue? Is there even an issue anymore? And what evidence do I have to substantiate that issue even when we've changed our rigid absolutisms into flexible and rational priorities and beliefs? And then here are things that we, let's try these things to, to, to fix it or substitute, okay? Hope that makes sense. Covered a ton of stuff. Super valuable, really useful. Holy cow, is it useful. All right, so here's what you've learned. <laughs> 
what exactly is going on if talking it out turns into slugging it out? And how do you use science-mindedness to change the rigid and absolute demands into flexible and rational preferences? So throw down a hashtag blowout if you think this lesson will help you the next time somebody blows up at you because they were slightly frustrated and then developed the case of the can't stand itis and then acted like a goofball because of it. Hmm? Thanks for learning today. You are awesome. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out! <laughs>